Hi, I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And we, we watched, watched anything. anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know what to add to your list, or smash with your fist. Welcome everybody, and Jono, although you're part of this, so I don't know why I'm welcoming you, to the uh, latest incarnation of We Watch Anything, episode number 13. Unlucky wow, for some, 13. lucky for us, just because we like doing this. Oh, before I was thinking about this today, going, I wonder if Ben's going to do something about lucky for some. Oh, I couldn't or... help it. It's just it was too cheeseball not to. <laughs> it's a shame. We really should have thought about doing this horror movies for this one. No, but no, but I was thinking about this because I thought this today. Why didn't we do horror? It's number thirteen. But and everyone it's just would do that. Everyone would do that. They'd I do know, it. Halloween thirteen. They definitely they'd watch loads of Jason movies or something. And look, like, respect people who do do that. But we're not like that. No, we're not. We roll a different way. Exactly. So our number thirteen has got nothing to do with Mr. James. Nothing to do with horror. Nothing to do with bad luck. Well, I suppose there is some bad I luck in all the, the films that we watched. The first thing you mentioned was Mr. James. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's that's the obvious touchstone. I mean it is, but at the same time, it's kind of like you could have gone Freddy, Jason. Nope, you went with a, a Victorian ghost story writer. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, but, don't. Um, I love I love me some Mr. James. And yeah, if you if you guys out there in listener land don't know Mr. James, go and get yourself a short story collection because they rock the party. They and do. A surprising number of them have been made into movies. Yes, well, exactly, and the one that's about number 13 um, was made into one that was actually on another streaming service not that long ago, a sort of 90s BBC adaptation, which I thought was quite good. Oh, yeah, nice. Anyway, no. Um, yeah, so, no, as, as you say, we didn't do horror movies. I just realised when you said, by the way, that 13 and Halloween rhyme. Interesting. That is interesting, yeah. dude. Um, but, no, we didn't do <laughs> Halloween... <laughs> We didn't do horror movies. Um, this time around, I chose uh, I chose a sci-fi. Yeah, um, partly because we hadn't done sci-fi since episode three, and mm-hmm. partly because there's a buttload of it on Netflix, and partly because as I've been looking through other movies, so yeah. things like the um, uh, when we were looking at post-apocalyptic things, and even when we were looking at questy stuff, and just just generally around, like. Yeah. You end up in the sci-fi bin quite a lot, and there was a lot of movies there that I thought, oh, I'd quite like to see that. It looks pretty random, but it might be pretty pretty good. I know, and, I, and in a strange way, um, I'm really, yeah, when I'm feeling lazy and I just want to bung something on, I'm quite often drawn to the science fiction. Yeah, yeah. I think first first port of call for me is probably still horror, but because yeah. I've, I've watched so much of the horror on Netflix... It's science fiction. It's definitely up there because I think just part of me just likes thinking, "Hey, I can, I can think of, you know, see some groovy effects, see some aliens, see some nice, nicely imagined, you know, otherworldly vistas." You know, I I like that stuff. Yeah, I uh, as a as a sort of adjunct to this, when I sat down the other day to to watch the first of the two movies I'm going to talk about uh, Mm -hmm. in this podcast. I put on the TV and Aliens was just starting, so that did sidetrack Ooh. me for a good like hour and a half. And I went, nope, must stop watching Aliens. Must watch the movie I'm supposed to watch. But god damn, Aliens is something that I've start like the first time I watched it. I think I was very much influenced by my parents because I watched it with them, hmm. and they. Um, I don't think 
they're listening. But um, they traumatised me at a young age by showing me Alien when I was about nine or ten. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I just I did not sleep. I was uh, I was up at night in a particularly dorky way listening to uh, Gilbert and Sullivan on uh, on a Walkman and reading uh, comic book annuals, and I just couldn't. I had to get my mum to lift the loo seat up. I was that scared. But, uh, then we watched Aliens together a couple of years later when it was released, mm. and uh, my parents were both just very like, mur, 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 that's not as good as Aliens, but rubbish just about Americans shouting at each other. Mur. So that's what yeah. I kind of thought the first time, and then I watched it again and went, no, no, it's amazing, it's just different, it's just an action horror movie instead of a horror movie inspector. Yeah, well this is the whole thing with film criticism, I mean everyone does it, but you could spend so much time saying, oh it's not as good as the first one, it's not as good as the book, and sometimes it really helps if you just think of it as a slightly separate entity yes you know like with all these things but yeah uh, well aliens going back to aliens um i watched it i saw that before alien oh when i was at school i saw that one first so i remember first time i saw the original alien just thinking mm. wow this is so cool because yeah. i loved aliens but i just really liked the way it was so stripped down and seemed so so different because aliens seemed like you know a, a war film you know with all yeah, the action yeah absolutely sort of. Absolutely. Dudes running around. But. Now, you could say this is a bit of a sidetrack, but frankly, I don't know what your movies were like, but we were looking at space exploration this time. That, yes, that's, that's yes, sort we of, were. That's the kind of sci-fi we were looking at. And so mm-hmm. that, I think, you know, both Alien and Aliens rely very heavily on that sort of space exploration kind of thing. They so do. That's, uh, so it sort of drags our, drags our net into that area. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. And as well, yeah, my film definitely has many parallels with Alien, so I was planning on, which I was planning on bringing up. But, oh, well, um, you can. There'll be, a, there'll be a great opportunity for you to do that really shortly. <laughs> um, I'd just like to say, before we get started, what has been particularly brilliant over the last couple of weeks is we've started to get a bit of feedback from our listeners, and it is mm-hmm. lovely to hear from you. I cannot tell you how much we're enjoying hearing what you've got to say. And specifically, like we've heard from a couple of people, um, Paul Edwards has, uh, has got in touch to say that he watched Turbo Kid in our recommendation and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Thank you also for commenting on my pronunciation of Indiana <laughs> in, in our Quest uh, episode, Indiana Jones. But I was thinking about it. Look, I mean, I know I sound ridiculous. I know I don't sound cool. But, it, I, I mean, Americans say bath. I say bath. Yes. Americans say Indiana. Surely Indiana is the no, correct it's just what you say. And I was going to correct you, but then <laughs> really? I couldn't face it. And it was too funny to let you just say Indiana. But isn't it? Isn't that how how I should say it? Oh, I, mean, I would say, say if, Indiana, if, but you know it's fine. But if I say Indiana, it feels like an affectation. But then, I mean, later in the same episode, I was saying Z instead of Z. So yeah, you did you say know. Z instead, I and mean, I did correct you on that one. So <laughs> if you uh, if you've watched any of the movies that we've recommended, or any of the movies that we've told you to avoid, do let us know. Tell, tell us know what you thought of them. Maybe you watched something we said was rubbish and you loved it. Let us know. Or something we said was great and you hated it. Again, let us know. You can get in touch on Twitter. At we watch anything, uh, mm-hmm. Gmail we watch anything at gmail.com or with our Facebook page, facebook.com slash we watch anything. Any way you want to get in touch with us, we want to hear from you. We do indeed, unless it's to talk about the way I say Indiana. I want to hear that still. <laughs> um, but without further ado, Jono, I want to hear what movie you watched and uh, and whether it sucked or not. Good. Okay, dude. Um, sucked. Well, actually, there is a, a sort of um, sucky thing in this, in that my film was called, it's called Life Force, mm-hmm. and it's from 1985, and I say sucky because it's based on a book whose title was The Space Vampires. Yes. But anyway, they went with the, the title Life Force, and um, this is the, the plot of Life Force in, in short, uh, back of the video box. A trio of humanoids in a state 
of suspended animation are brought to Earth after being discovered in the hold of an abandoned space shuttle and one comes to life. Okay, that's it in a sentence. Um, And uh, just to sort of... Yeah, so it starts and it's a a UK-US space shuttle mission to go investigate Halley's Comet. So this came out in 85, and I, if you remember, just as everyone was getting excited about Halley's Comet yeah, I remember in 1986. Halley's Comet. Yeah, and exactly. It would yeah, have been so, actually a bit of a non-event. But anyway. Well, it sort of was. I mean, we sent, where the European Space Agency sent Giotto to, to go and investigate Halley's Comet, and it went closer than anything had, and it photographed a nucleus of a comet for the first time and stuff like that. So it was quite, quite exciting. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, actually... Um, yeah, sorry. sorry I, I was really quite obsessed with Halley's Comet when I was. Young. I can tell. <laughs> I've still got like bits of newspaper cutouts and stuff. Oh lordy, that's embarrassing. Anyway, Halley's Comet. Anyway, so the mission is they're in a space shuttle. They're going to investigate Halley's Comet. Mm-hmm. And Are you sure it's not Hades Comet or Halley's Comet or Halley's Comet? <laughs> well, actually, or Halley's enough, Comet. I think most people agree it is Halley's Comet, mm-hmm. but it is actually correct to call it Halley's Comet as well because partly. Uh, his own spelling of his name it's a bit like the Shakespeare thing there were several spellings of Halley right and yeah. so people don't know whether he pronounced it Halley or Haley or Holy or Healy or whatever was, were people too embarrassed to ask him I think they probably were dude yeah, yeah. I mean he was a very he was a very you know forceful kind of guy apparently so <sighs> anyway um, so <laughs> no, I'm going to start again they're in a shuttle okay yes. and um, and they're getting close to Halley's comment anyway right. as they come close I can't believe I've already got so distracted. As they come close, they discover that there's a huge spaceship hidden in the corona or whatever of of the comet. Okay. And it pit- so it's a spaceship. It's like wow, and it's really weird, really long, thin spaceship. Sort of comet and surfing. A- no, it's just it's just sort of sitting there. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I suppose a bit. I don't think it's actually on the surface. Uh-huh. I think it's just sort of you know close to it. Whatever. Sure. They go and investigate, and it's a very alien-like sequence in that they sort of don spacesuits. And they go in, and it's derelict. And the captain, who's played by Steve Railsback, um, takes them inside. And they, they don't go all inside; like three of them go in, I think. And, and inside, they find these creatures, these sort of bat-like creatures. That actually put me in mind of the really rubbish creatures from our very first film, *Beast of the Bering Sea*, ah. which was had that um, original title of *Damn Sea Vampires*. But yes. anyway, um, and they're, but they're dead; they're long dead. They're these bat-like creatures. But there are also these mysterious sort of stasis pods, okay, like glass pods. Mm-hmm. And inside them are three nakeds, like three naked dudes. Two chaps and a lady and a lady naked. Humanoid dudes. Yeah, humanoid, humanoid, nude humans. Right. And um, and so they go, wow, what's, what's going on here? And they take it back in the shuttle. And then mission control loses contact. Um, and a rescue mission is sent out. They come to, th- they get to the shuttle. They find it burnt. Everyone dead, but the three humans are still there in their glass cases, like untouched, pristine. Right. Okay. So that's the opening thing. Don't you, that's quite a good start, don't you think? Don't yeah, that's, that's, that's great. It, Look, when I when I was portioning out these these movies, and I said, uh, "Why don't you take Life Force?" Life Force. I was sort of quite jealous because I thought yeah. it looked really, like it might be particularly awesome. Yeah. Well, and in reverse, I was quite stoked immediately, just because. Yeah, I read. I, you know, I saw that this happens right at the start. It's just immediately an intriguing idea. Yeah. How long? Sorry. How long have we got winner. until this? Until the the rescue cast? You know, to get to this point, how long does it take? Oh, only about ten minutes. Oh, I okay, think. Cool. Yeah, maybe a bit longer, but not mm-hmm. much. Yeah. It all gets going fairly quick. Um, then Act Two 
there's, there's that's basically it for stuff that happens in space, though. No. You know, the original thing was space exploration. Yeah, no, I and that's basically space. Than that. <laughs> no, that's kind of it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's a bit longer in space. But the point is oh, that is the ending. I know that's the end of Act One, and Act Two is that these humanoid they end up at, the, at a research centre in London, um, and where you know this um, these naked people are being sort of studied by two doctors. Mm. Um, well, uh, mainly by one Michael Gotthard, who was one of the bad guys in For Your Eyes Only. Anyway, okay. the point is that they're just there, they're lying, they're naked, and then suddenly, just before an autopsy is about to happen, mm. the female alien comes alive and, see, and, and, and sort of drains the life force from a guard. He's sort of left a shriveled-up husk. Um, I can't remember if you actually see her doing it in this first one or whether it's just a sort of like jump scare with him suddenly finding a body. But a you remember the guy? Mastery. Yes, a little bit, but it's more like actually... There's quite a lot of like sucking of this life force because mm. the whole thing is that that's what they do, you know. Instead of sucking blood like vampires, they suck life. Yeah. And um, but there's quite a lot of shriveled up corpses, which put me in mind of um the bloke who's kept alive for a year in Seven. You know, they all look oh, a bit. Oh, okay, fine. Like, yeah, yeah. like that, like um, yeah. like they've got very little water in their body. Mm. Um, anyway, then there's there's exactly then there's a sort of famous sequence of of this this naked um, female alien walking very slowly through this place as she basically escapes. And then, um, and then basically after, okay, sorry, I'm just starting to lose my thread a second. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So she walks through, but they try to stop her and they don't manage to. And then she sort of disappears. Then another corpse is found. Another person is found dead. And then meanwhile, the escape pod from the original shuttle, which, by the way, is called the Churchill, mm-hmm. lands on Earth. And the colonel, the captain, who went out to investigate the spaceship in, you know, at the beginning, yeah. is found still alive in this little pod. Oh, okay? okay. Suddenly, he's flown to London, where he describes what happened. And it turns out that the crew's life force was being drained by the, for whatever reason, and he set fire to the shuttle on purpose to save the Earth from the fate ah. of these these naked humanoids. And now, by this point, because there have been deaths on the ground, we've got a new lead character, which is SAS Colonel Colin Kane. Awesome. <laughs> which I really like. Colonel Colin Kane. Colonel Kane. And he's played by Peter Firth. You know Peter Firth? I do know Peter Firth, yes. not he, So he's no, in Spooks. And he was in Spooks from beginning to yeah, end as yeah, the yeah. sort of like head honcho and blah blah And from then on, it's kind of him and the captain of the ship and they're basically chasing this woman who it turns out so like there's a combination there's vampire stuff but she also it turns out is a bit of a shapeshifter there's some Ooh. there's sort of invasion of the body snatchers stuff going on um and they trace her to a psychiatric hospital where we meet another um cast member is Patrick Stewart who plays the yes. sort of doctor in charge of this place boom um and beyond that, I don't actually want to say too much more. No, no, I'm still, I'm still thinking, I'm still quite jealous. This does still sound quite awesome. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an intriguing plot, and and the scale of the story, I'll just say, does it steps up a notch? It becomes a little bit more cool, um, epic, mm. um, and sort of more like a sort of plague, I suppose you could say. But anyway, I'm not going to say any more about the plot for the moment. Um, the headlines about what the, the, the what's behind, about who made it and stuff. So it's directed by Toby Hooper. Toby yes, Hooper. See, that's that's what um, made me quite jealous. Yeah, exactly. Another reason, and this is the film. So in our last sci-fi episode, the film that we both watched was Invaders from Mars. Mm-hmm. 
a bad film that we both enjoyed very much in our didn't we really yes very but, much um, but again and this, Toby Hooper this, yeah. yeah Toby Hooper and this was the film he made before that ah. so this was the first in a three picture deal he had with um, with Canon oh, okay. and um and we've had a lot of Canon films. Yeah, I know we've had loads we had a lot of bad movies for some odd reason I know except uh, and this one's different in that it did have for, for Canon it had really quite a big budget this one yeah um so the screenplay is is is, is Dan, O'Bra- Dan O'Bannon, uh-huh. who wrote Alien, yes. <laughs> Invaders from Mars, Dark Star, Total Recall. You know, is yeah, either yeah. writer or co-writer. But you know, what a pedigree! Um, Nothing about so, this yeah, is bad so far. No, exactly. And I mean, my review is this: this was a lot. I really enjoyed this. Great. I found it really, really um, intriguing at the beginning. I found it really good fun throughout, but. The tone of the film is rather po-faced. Okay. And, and looking back, this 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 film, right? The, the history books tell you this film was a huge flop, oh. and and I think that the sort of overly serious tone might be might be the reason why. Because like just just if you think about the title, okay, Life Force, yeah, rather than Space Vampires. I mean, dude, go with Space Vampires yes. and have a bit more fun with it. You know what I mean? The Space Vampires, but, you do sound like you're definitely edging into Roger Corman territory, don't you? Yeah, definitely. So I think that's probably why they thought, okay, let's let's go with Life Force. But still, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like slightly oh, and and but the cast though is great. So Peter Firth, who plays. Colonel Colin Kane, uh-huh. you know he's really good. Yeah. Um, the space vampire, the as in there are three of them, but the woman Matilda May, um, who wanders around naked for ages. I mean, she was really well cast as well. She doesn't say much because she's just this sort of slow-moving, creepy thing. But yes. she's really good. There are lots of British actors in the supporting. Do the two roles. dudes wake up? By the way, or is it just her? Yes, no, they do sort of come into play at various oh, points. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The tone reminded me of those Nigel Neal um, films like Quatermass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. As in, I don't know whether you like the Quater Mass films, but yeah, I do. I've, I've got the full set of them actually. You've just from a oh, bizarre. Have you? um, well, I just, I just sort of got given them by accident. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, I really like them. Mm. But the the fun thing about them is that like you've just got loads of very serious people standing around, like just talking like this really weird mix of like science and total yes balls superstition. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's like half the fun of it. And this, like, like in Quatermass in the Pit, there's all that weird stuff. Like Quatermass just seems to jump to all these conclusions about, you know, where the people are experiencing a race memory of like a five million year old genocide from like a bunch of Martian insects. You know, it's really weird. And yeah. people will go around and go, yes, yes, that sounds very likely. I think you've got it. <laughs> and, it and there's a certain amount of this, of that, in this. Like all the the lines are delivered in this kind of. There's a lot of sort of. Um, they just speak their lines with this sort of gravity. Yes, you know? everything is very, very important. <laughs> exactly. And I think combined with the slightly OTT score, which is it, uh, is, is fine, but mm. it's just, it does get a bit dun-dun-dun that... yeah. at times, just kind of makes it, frankly, slightly laughable. And there's just there's one really bizarre bit when they're at the psychiatric ward, hospital place, and there's just this really weird scene where they think that a woman has got the spirit of the vampiric force inside her. And there's this kind of scene where he's talking about trying to take it. She wants to be hurt. And he's sort of saying, oh, she likes it. She likes to be hurt. And the other character's going, oh, well, I'm a voyeur. It's just all really odd and, and not good at all. And just, oh. yeah, yeah, it's oh. it just a bit creepy, frankly. But um, And the only other thing I was just going to quickly say is that the effects... I, I read some stuff afterwards about people really being quite down on the effects. I think the effects are great for that. If, if you, you know, if you think about the budget and the fact that yeah. it's 1985, they're really quite good effects, and it's by John D. 
Dijkstra, is that how you say yes. him? Yeah, so who did worked on Invaders from Mars as yeah, well? Yeah, but, you know, he's like he's a light and magic dude. He worked on you know loads of things. Some more things you can shake a MacBook. Exactly, at. and I think the effects in this are pretty, pretty, pretty bloody good, frankly. But it's a it's a solid recommend. But I would particularly recommend it to fans of those Quatermass movies yeah. of Stone Tape and stuff because it's just got that sort of overly serious yeah, yeah. face t- tone which I think makes it lots of fun I wonder if that's what made sort of Toby Hooper spin off and do Invaders from Mars after and go right let's do a ridiculous one now yeah I've yeah, done the serious true. one let's do a ridiculous one yeah maybe yeah that's a good thought hmm. but either way I mean this this definitely divides you know this splits the crowd personally I found it lots and lots of fun gets really silly at times but yeah really good performances and all round a, a, a fun ride it's definitely a C. I feel like at times it almost edged into B minus territory, but I'm going to give it a C plus because I think it's a good, solid, fun bit of popcorn nonsense with some flaws. Fab. Well, I'm so glad that's the case, dude. I will be checking that out. Good. Do. Oh, I'm quite pumped. Psyched. Nice. Woohoo! <laughs> All right then, dude. Well, I um I gave myself not wanting, you know, like I said, I was quite jealous about the bit of Toby Hooper, Dan O'Bannon vibe. Um, mm-hmm. But I gave myself a movie called Supernova. So you were in the 80s. Mine is from 2000. Yeah. Now, it was, interestingly enough, if you listen to Netflix, it was directed by Walter Hill. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you listen to um, the Directors Guild of America yeah. and many other and, and the credits of the movie himself, it was directed by a guy called Thomas Lee. Which is a pseudonym that Walter Hill invented to take his right. name off the picture because he didn't want to do Alan. The, the studio wouldn't let him do Alan Smithy because then Alan Smithy by two thousand had become such an obvious like this movie stinks badge. Oh, I see. That's, that's, oh, that's, 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 the, that's the director's disowned himself thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they so he it got um, uh, credited to Thomas Lee. More about that later. Because I'm right. not saying that necessarily gives away how good or bad this movie is. No, it just gives away what the the, the, the yeah. director, for whatever reason, was yeah, unhappy. It was, a, it, was a, it was a classic bit. The studio, MGM got very involved, um, booted Hill off, Hill stormed off, etc., etc. Um, right. So, but nominally directed by Walter Hill, starring James Spader, Angela Bassett, oh. Robin Tunney from The Craft, Lou Diamond Phillips, very briefly Robert Forster. Um, and I think that's about it for our for our marquee names. But listeners cannot see my facial reaction <laughs> no, to all I these can. names. But yeah. that is an awesome cast. Yeah, see, I love James Spader. Yeah, me I too. love him. I loved him for all the sort of brat packy stuff he did. I loved him for Bad Influence, which is just a cracking movie. Still, that not many yeah. people have seen. Two Days in the Valley. He's good oh, in that. Is word, that deranged killer? Um, yeah. And. Uh, and Mannequin as that really oily dude, you know, doing yeah, the yeah. comedy stuff of that hair and, stuff he does in Mannequin. And then when he Brilliant. turned up in, was it Boston Legal or something? He was amazing. Like, he just, he's always brilliant. I love James mm. Bader. So I was kind of like, I was I was fully down with this. I've kind of taken a lever on Angela Bassett, but saying that, I really like Strange Days and she's pretty kick-ass in that. Like, she's good, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Robert yeah, Forster, yeah. like a lot. Anyway, and Robin Tunney has her moment. She never really made it, did she? Um, Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh yes, yeah, I was thinking this. I was like, "Wow, Lou Diamond Phillips." Then I went, "What has Lou Diamond Phillips actually done?" Yeah, All well, I remember is just endlessly seeing trailers for La Bamba. He did La Bamba exactly. La Bamba. I felt like I spent all the ninety, like mid to late nineteen eighties, <laughs> watching, watching trailers, trailers for, for La, Bamba. La Bamba and going, "No." <laughs> and then I think for our generation, like 
uh, Young Guns was was a pretty important mm. movie. It was like yes. it's a western, but it's like a modern poppy western, and it's cool. And then yeah. Young Guns Two, I think I've already mentioned, is the first film I've just rewound straight away and watched again. Um, you did, but uh, anyway, so there was this sort of like pretty good B listy cast, um, a, a great director, and the plot is that um, our cast are on a um, a medical ship, a medical spaceship that sort of just roams around the galaxy. A bit like a you know an AA van or something waiting for emergencies, and they right. and they get a call, very specifically to them to say, here's someone injured, and it actually happens to be the name given is uh, one of Angela Bassett's ex boyfriends, um, and can you come and rescue me? So they do this thing called a dimension jump where they go eight million light years or whatever, and come to pick up this person and they. A person comes on board their ship with an alien artifact and the situation rapidly goes downhill. Goes south, does it? Well, yes, but, you know, you're in space, so south, north, east, west doesn't really yeah. make a difference. Meaningless. Yeah, absolutely. Meaningless. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so as I said, it was disowned by Walter Hill because of problems with the studio. It's right. uh, apparently, according to the, um, the scuttlebutt on the internet... <laughs> There's not a great deal of what Walter Hill actually made left in the movie. It was given to a dude called um, uh, blah, 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 Jack Shoulder. And I was trying to look up what Jack Shoulder... Jack Shoulder then reshot a lot of it and sort of tried to remould it. Um, Jack Shoulder is responsible for the adaptation of uh, Alone in the Dark. He's responsible for A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, the worst of the Elm Streets. Ah, really? I, Bloody I, I, terrible! I've, I've watched most of them, but they they, they were never a favourite of mine. So oh, I don't we, know we them well. We watched them quite religiously as, as, as young teens. I, I think I watched the first and the third quite a lot. Rubbish. Yeah, one and three are awesome, and four is yeah. good. But um, yeah, not not the world's greatest director has to be said. And so I was kind of like, uh, I did I did do that little bit of reading before it because I was like, oh, Walter Hill, but that's not saying Walter Hill. What the hell's going on? So I sort of approached it with apprehension. But then again, I'm like. This is James Spader. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> now, I guess the things to things to note. So you're watching the movie. Um, it is the first sort of half hour is very, very kind of pop tastic. It's very kind of like early two thousands. Cut, cut, cut. Hey, it's all surface, all surface. Hey, look, people going. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. And then everyone takes their clothes off every five minutes to do a dimension jump. They managed to work into the plot that you have to be naked. So suddenly <laughs> Robin tunney has got her clothes off. Uh, Angela Bassett's got her clothes off. James Spader's got her clothes off. And he is looking buff, I'll tell you. Um, oh, really? Yeah. What about Lou Diamond Phillips? And Lou Diamond Phillips gets his clothes off too and really? gets it on with Robin Tunney. Like, and that's the other thing. There's a lot of sex in this movie. Hmm. Not sort of like um, close-up sex, just lots of like, oh, look, they're shagging again. It just yeah. seems like everyone's permanently on heat in this crew. <laughs> but um, but it, 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 but maybe that's a, sort of a result of it being a very small unit. And that's the thing about this movie as well. It's very much like Alien, in that respect, mm. in that it's one crew on a ship. Um, there are only about like seven characters in the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, we see the first half hour. There's lots of sort of like, hey, yeah, slick. We go over here, we do this, and everyone looking quite cool. And then they do this dimension jump to go and rescue the person. Robert Forster gets killed in the jump. And the dimension jump is would appear to be you never get told much about it, and, there, and that's another thing in this movie. There's a lot of kind of like science you're meant to deduce yourself, I guess. It's like, yeah, we do the dimension jump, and everyone has to be naked, and uh, don't do that. Um, 
which is great. There's not so much exposition, but at the same time, it's lots of just taken as read science. But it's a bit like, um, I guess it's a bit like the fly. Yeah. You have to be naked when you go through and you can't share a pod or else you might come out as a hybrid of the other person. So it's it's a bit like the fly in a weird way. Anyway, yeah. um, so we've got all these... And, and the first half hour, I'm kind of watching it going, it's a bit annoying, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone's quite posy. They get naked a lot, which is kind of, you know, all right. Um, and then they sort of make up loads of pseudoscience. And then they pick up this guy. So, uh, and again... What what was it that they picked up when they first answered the distress so call? So it takes them a while to go and answer this distress call, you see. And they go and oh, pick okay. up this guy. I guess it's about 20 minutes till they pick up the guy. Maybe it's half an hour. And they pick up okay. the guy. And this guy turns out not to be Angela Bassett's ex-boyfriend. But he says he's mm. his son. Right. So he said, But he said, Dad said if ever I was in trouble to call and ask for you. And they pick him up on the edge of this mining colony that is next to a... A blue giant that's about to go supernova or something. Oh. So it, it's it's all very um, it's all very precious. The situation's all a bit precarious. And once nice. they dimension jump there, they get hit by some shrapnel, which busts their fuel tank. Which Nightmare. and then they have to. There is something that I can't remember the name of that has to then recharge <laughs> some sort of battery? bit of kit. It's a bit <laughs> like their battery that has to recharge, and they. What will happen is, by the time the sun or the blue giant goes supernova, um, there's an 11-minute window between them having recharged their battery, space battattery, and the, the, <laughs> and, the um, and the sun imploding or whatever. So they've got just 11 let's, minutes. Let's say going nova. Oh, I that like sounds it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're basically sort of stuck there for a while. And mm. they pick up Deuterama. He comes on board. Um, he sort of crash lands his escape ship, essentially, into them. And oh. they, they pick him up, and he's very buff, and he walks around naked, and then he has sex with Robin Tunney as well. Um, and then the sort of... You are, you're like, oh, God, it's just full of people. I'm slightly losing patience with this film. Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> like enigmatic like nakedness and things. And then uh, <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips sort of uh, has a look at his stuff. He goes, while he's... I think I think he's one of the guys shagging Robin Tunney, possibly. Um, he goes and sort of rifles through the this guy's cases and finds this. Oh God! I thought you, I thought, I thought you meant as in Lou Diamond Phillips was naked and was looking down at his own genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say his talk- junk. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, so Lou Diamond Phillips. I had such a bad, bizarre mental image. Oh god. Okay, Lou basically Sorry. decides to kind of like search through this guy's stuff and he finds yeah. this alien artifact which which um the dude then kind of says to them, "Look, okay, you found this. It's going to be worth a fortune. Why don't you all come in with me? I'll give you all 5%. We'll go and punt it on earth." And they sort of go, "Uh yeah, or maybe we could just kick it out the airlock because we don't know what it is and it's a bit weird." And they put it, they've got this, oh, sorry, they've, they've got a talk, you like all good science fiction movies in space, they have a, a computer talking to them. And good. their talky computer is called Sweetie. And she's quite interactive, she's quite, she understands sarcasm and everything, she's great. Um, and they get Sweetie to analyse this thing, and she comes back saying that it is a nine-dimensional object. Ooh. Um, trapped inside a three-dimensional shell. And it turns out that essentially what this thing is is a sort of um it's a bit like a a civilization starter it's a bomb essentially that can kickstart oh, right. evolution or something like that 
Oh right. Oh okay. I was I was thought I thought for a moment you meant as in kind of like a big bang type thing, but you mean as in more like a terraforming type bomb. Yeah, but it's a bit big bangy as well. It has that vibe about it. Like it is not necessarily okay. it's not sort of something that has been made by humans at all. They still don't know really right. what it is. But it is it's a sort of it's almost like a god bomb. Right. Oh okay. A god um, bomb. And there's sort of like lots of talk about it. And again, you know, part of this sort of like pseudoscience thing, there's a point when they're they very sort of like very seriously go well, it's a ninth-dimensional isotopic matter with exponential disbursement capability. I mean, this cannot get back home. <laughs> no, of course it can't. I mean, God, not the exponential disbursement capability. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. But as they find out what this thing is, Lou Diamond Phillips gets a bit obsessed about it and keeps putting his hand in it, and that's a bit creepy. And then the dude who brought it on board slowly starts getting weirder and weirder and a bit more killy, let's say. Right, okay. He does quite like chucking people out of airlocks and stranding people on the surface of mining planets and stuff. And it all sort of goes, all it ends up, it all ends up in a sort of alien kind of, it ends up as a hybrid between Alien and Terminator 2. Wow. In a very I'm just weird trying to, way. I'm, I'm trying to picture what that would be like. Because he's sort of wow. an unstoppable killing machine that can regenerate bits of himself. Um, oh, okay. And then they're rampaging around the ship, sort of fighting. And it's all sort of to try and stop this thing you know, reaching Earth and this taking over whatever. Um, okay. And that's about as much as I want to say. Like, I, I guess I've given away quite a bit of already, but it's nothing you don't know is going to happen watching it. I'm not going to say how it turns out or who gets killed or how they get killed. And there's no, like, gruesomeness in it. But as much as I sound like I might be a bit down on this, and the first half hour was quite annoying, and I was like, oh, I have to sit through this and watch the rest of it. <laughs> as I watched more of it, I started to quite enjoy it. And a lot of people have slagged it off. It gets some quite bad reviews. You know, Walter Hill disowned it. It is far too surfacey. Walter Hill was trying to make a really dark movie, apparently. And that's uh, this is what happened. They test screened it before the effects yeah. shots. And Walter Hill said, don't test screen it before the effects shots because the audience won't get it. The audience watched it and went, we don't get it. <laughs> and then predictably it all went you know, wrong there. But at the same time, it is still quite creepy. It is still quite dark. And it's quite involving. And... Even though it's a bit too slicky and surfacey and poppy, it's got James Spader in. And I love James yeah. Spader. And mm. he was great. And Angela Bassett was great. And everyone else was there. And it was fine. And I, you know, it, I tell you the other, the other movie, and this is, this is a mark of how much I think I did enjoy it, is that it really reminded me of Event Horizon, and I hate Event Horizon, and I still oh, man, enjoyed I'm it. With you. I was just about to ask when you were talking about it being all poppy and zingy and stuff and surface. Yeah. I was going to ask, does it have that sort of like science fictiony type um, crew babble where they're all going, "Yeah, it's locked, rocked, and we're ready to not rock"? Not quite as much stuff. as that because there is there are bits of that, yes, but not as much of that as the as Event Horizon. I hate because I don't understand Event Horizon. That has lots. People really like Event Horizon, and it's one of those it's ones so um, where I feel like I feel like I've missed a meeting. I don't understand, mm. and I did give it another go. I gave it another go not that long ago, and it's still and, terrible. Yeah, it still seemed terrible to me. Yeah, even though it's got not sad scary, movie. just quite boring. Yeah. Good cast. Yeah, I like watching the cast, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, so back to this. Okay, so well that's interesting. This is nowhere near a high recommend. But it's also right. nowhere near an avoid. Like I, I, I would say check this out for um, uh, if you like seeing James Spader naked, or you like seeing Robin Tunney and Angela Bassett naked, and especially if you like seeing Lou Diamond Phillips naked and this mm -hmm. other dude. Um, but also check it out just because it's really better than it's better than you think it is. Hmm. 
Yeah, oh, and final thing I need to, final thing I need to tell you about Supernova, the best thing about this movie, um, is that there is this awesome android in it, but it's not like Bishop in Aliens. It's controlled by Angela Bassett with ten thimbles on her fingers and a pair of, like, those big glasses that old ladies have to wear when they're really sensitive to light. <laughs> and it moves exactly like the robots in Sleeper. Oh, it's exactly wow. like Woody Allen careering around pretending to be a robot in Sleeper, <laughs> picking things up and sort of dropping them and shuffling around. It is the most unintentionally hilarious thing I've seen in forever and is a massively a reason to watch this movie. It plays a fairly pivotal role at one point, but basically he suddenly realised there's this sort of shitty shambolic Sleeper robot just going around controlled by Angela Bassett with thimbles. It's awesome. Look, I would say given if you're sat at home with nothing to watch and you're padding through Netflix, which is sort of what we're trying to help you with, do not watch this over <laughs> Life Force. Because Life Force sounds like it's genuinely good. But yeah. if you've finished Life Force and you still want to watch another sci-fi movie, whack Supernova on, try and get past the first half hour when you want to kill everyone. And then you might actually start good. to enjoy it because it starts to get a bit actiony and a bit creepy and a bit, ooh, and I, I really enjoyed it. The end, just to let you know now, the end is a bit rubbish. Right. Um, okay. Because there's this, oh, there's a terribly cheesy bit, really awfully, horrifically cheesy. And um, uh, there's a bit that actually makes no sense whatsoever. And I still don't know why they bothered doing it. But uh, you also get to see Spader and uh, Angela Bassett naked again. And fantastic, yeah, you know, but but it's worth it. Worth it. Give it a shot. Well, I'd say give it a just shot. Just briefly for fans of nakedness, as I mentioned in my review, there's a lot of nakedness in Life Force. So people wanted a naked sci-fi themed double bill. They should watch these two films. Perfect. Okay, science yeah. fiction nudity. Um, it's a C. It's a bloody solid C. It's. A- I yeah, you've done a great job. That sounds. Re- you're, you're right. That sounds seriously flawed. But it, I'm really intrigued as well. I want to watch some of this. I want to see Lou Diamond Phillips, and I want to see all the others too. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's that cool. will do. Spend some time. Thanks, dude. Oh well, you know, do what I can. Yeah. Right. So you do very well. Movie three. Movie three. Now this one, movie three is something that I have been wanting to watch for a few podcasts because I keep coming across it in searches, and mm. it had some cracking good reviews um it's got shelto copley in again yes i love shelto well, copley okay quickly what's the what's the title dude oh sorry the title is the europa <laughs> report isn't it europa report yes. it's just europa report. Oh, it's just europa report but i was just going to quickly say boom because yes i totally agree shelto copley but it's got a really good cast hasn't it? it's got michael dickquist from yes. the girl with the dragon tattoo yeah, yeah. john wick more recently and stuff like that uh, who else was it? Had uh, Anna Maria Marinka? Did you know her? No, I do know her. I, I couldn't think. She's in loads of stuff now, isn't she? I, I looked. I looked her up on IMDb. She's she's in um, things like Girl with All the Gifts and things. She's, she's yeah, really yeah. And have you have you ever seen Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days? No, I haven't. But I've heard very good oh, things. Oh, that's it's really disturbing. But it's really I really recommend that to anyone. I don't think it is on Netflix. No, or, or else I would have watched it. Fantastic! It's a really good film. Um, and Embeth, yeah, Embeth Davis. Uh, yeah, now I'd forgotten. This is something actually bizarre because I was I I, I read Embeth Davis and I couldn't place her. And then as soon as her face popped up on the screen, I kind of went, "Oh, there's Embeth ba- Davis." Oh yeah. Um, and then I was trying to work out what she's from, and I it's just one. It's one of those things. Give that, me some sugar, baby. Exactly. It's one of those <laughs> things that you, you kind of ubiquitous. You go, you're just one of those actresses who's got a name that I recognise and a face that I really recognise. And I went, "Oh, it's just Medieval Dead, isn't it?" 
Yeah, no, no, this is like, and she's done a whole bunch thing. of other stuff, but it's really <laughs> medieval dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she's in. Um, uh, oh, God. here it comes! Here it comes! Here it comes! June Bug, which was the sort of first big Amy Adams film. Uh yes, yeah, which I haven't seen. That. Actually, but um, um, well, uh, she's worth watching. Amy Adams in that, she's amazing. But anyway, Amy Adams is worth watching. Amy Adams in... reading the phone book would be worth watching. Yeah, yeah, true, but um. But she's she's I mean, in Matilda. Just, she's in she's in absolutely yes. shed loads of movies, and um, she's been in some very serious films. And she's you know been highly regarded as an actress. But frankly, I'm still going to think of her <laughs> as as <laughs> hanging out baby. with um mm. with Ash. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, as well, this is what's good is that I think Army of Darkness now has come up in our podcast more than any other film, and I'm just pleased that her being in this film has given us an excuse to mention it yet again. Yes. You know what? I've just realised she's also in Fallen. Oh, is she? Yes. God, I've not watched that she's... for ages. No, no, didn't you buy that for me? Did you buy that for me? Or did yeah, I? Or yeah, did I? yeah. Um, no, I bought it for your... No, 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 no. No, no, I, I bought it and then you bought me you, It was the first and... DVD you bought and it, you, it was the first time I experienced a, a director's commentary on a DVD. Oh, and then it. at around that time, I gave you the great uh, escape DVD for a birthday, The Great Escape of Goodfellas. Yes. Yeah. Well, Aren't I nice? You are. You're wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, so she's in yeah loads of very well regarded things. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, great cast, lots of potential. Yes. Uh, do you want to do us? A, do you want to do us a plot summary? Yeah, sure, dude. Sure, dude. Right. Um, in short, this is my short one sentence. Uh, privately funded mission to search for life on Jupiter's fourth largest moon. That's what it's all about, and it's done in the documentary style. Um, yeah, so it's almost like it, it, it's essentially is it's a found, found footage. footage movie. Yeah, it is, but there's bits of sort of as if it was a yeah, but there's documentary stuff thrown in. Mm. But yeah, basically, it's found footage. So, although not in the sort of classic shaky cam things, it's done. No, actually, no, I don't think there's any shaky cam. There's some no. head cam stuff, yeah. isn't there though? But you would you wouldn't really. When they're exploring it's one of those things that it doesn't occur to you. It only sort of occurs to you later. It's a found footage in some ways. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. but it could because it's all the cameras that are placed around the inside of their um, various living. Exactly, pots. exactly. So it's Europa is the name of one of Jupiter's larger moons. It's not its largest. I think it's about its fourth largest or something. And um, such an asteroid. Geek. I know. And then um, and it's and it's got it's 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 a famous moon because it's they they think it's got loads of water in it and they think they're probably subterranean. You know, it's got very smooth surface and they think underneath there may be liquid water. So it's definitely one of the places. Is this in true? Solus. Yeah, and so they think that. Um, it's one of the places in our solar system where it's possible there may be life. Right, cool. Um, and so that's the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And in this film, it's an iman- it's it's science fiction film about a mission to go and land on and investigate Europa. Um, we know right from the top, though, that it all went horribly wrong. Yes, yes. Because it's done in this documentary style, you see sort of talking heads. It's lots of talking heads with the people who funded the mission back on Earth and people talking in a talking head style way actually during the mission. Yeah. And um and they sort of explain how how it all started and well, but right and from the basically it's a very very simple plot isn't it really? Oh, yeah. In that all it is is a mission, but they do things with the narrative that so things are revealed. I, I think we should make an effort not to give away too much in so terms do I. of spoilers. But, but I was going to say it's, right from the beginning that Emmeth Davids basically mm. says um this is when we lost contact with them. Yeah. And we haven't been able to tell you what happened until now. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so we, that's kind of the idea. We're seeing all the footage as it's been edited together, which gives us the full report of mm-hmm. this Europa mission, hence Europa report. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's one of the things I was going to say is quite good about this, I think, and that it's a really simple idea. And and sometimes I think this is, a, it's, you know, they do this narratively where they do a bit of jiggery-pokery and it's actually because the plot's a bit weak. So, oh, let's just reveal things in a slightly odd order to make it sound more interesting but in this case i kind of think they do it quite well there are a few things that they kind of you know cards that they play close to the chest and then are revealed yeah. towards the end which i quite like um but I, I, and basically we, we see what happens to them we see their search for um life and also we sort of learn a bit about their interpersonal relationships i guess yeah there's the dra- it's a drama really and it's mm. it's quite it's a it's very it's um and yeah, you see a couple of things that go wrong during the mission, like something has to be fixed that's gone wrong on the outside of the ship. And you see, you do, I mean, I think it's okay to give away that they do successfully land on Europa because yeah. the poster itself has a person standing on a no, weird I, I planet with Jupiter rising. I think we, we can rising, definitely bring so. that up because I, I need to bring that up about the point I need to raise um, about this movie. Good. Okay, so they do that. And... Um, and there's, you know, I mean, I wouldn't like to say how realistic the science is behind this whole thing because, I don't know, when you're enjoying a film, you sort of suspend disbelief a bit. You can always say, oh, well, wait a minute, there's no sound in space. You wouldn't hear any explosions. You know, yeah. you can always, like, pick up things like that. And there are, there are a few times when I thought, would that be that way? But generally, personally speaking, mm. I found it... I'm going to sort of cut ahead to my review here, do, dude, do. because basically I really quite enjoyed this film. I would say straight away... I didn't enjoy it so much that I think, wow, A+, plus, I want to watch that again. But I quite enjoyed it. I finished it and thought that was fairly exciting. It kept me guessing. I thought it did a couple of sleight-of-hand things that I thought were quite cool. And I quite liked the way it kept it all very claustrophobic in that I wanted to see, when you get to Europa, I wanted, there's part of me that wanted, the little kid in me wanted to see a huge alien landscape and, you know, but mm. they don't really do it that way. They keep it very claustrophobic where all you really see is is the a close-up shot of, like, the people, their faces, you know. So it's all kept very... I mean, this could almost be a radio play. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It does have that sort of, like, vibe to it. I, I, I agree mm. with you on that one. It has that sort of, yeah, radio play kind of feel. Um, but there are things I did not like about it still. Um, but anyway, maybe you you go, dude. Where, where are you? Where is Cards on the Table Yeah, time? Cards on the Table Time. Uh, I I didn't like it anyway near as much as you did. I was really expecting to like it, and I finished uh. the movie and went, "Oh, that was a bit of shit, wasn't it?" <laughs> um, there's a couple of things that really annoyed me. Hey, we disagree again. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that you liked that I didn't like, and it's because, and maybe it's me wanting to be too linear about things. But there's a point mm. when they were on the surface, and suddenly they were back in the spaceship, and they were back on the surface again, and I yeah. and I just was like, I had to rewind it, going. Did I miss something? But I think they were messing around with time or something like that. But like, there's no point where they transition from there to here to there. And I was like, did that? When did that? What? This makes no narrative sense. Why are you, are you just doing this to try and be clever? And that's what started to annoy me. I was like, you're just like you. You don't have much plot. You don't have much um, to say. And so you're just going to mess around with time. But because you've decided to cut out the transitions i don't understand what's happening and now i don't care and then i'm gonna a, have to watch it again because I, ca- I can't remember that bit then there was a point when um one of the female characters does something so mind-bendingly stupid <laughs> that you just go i 
just don't believe you at all. Was this right at right at the very very end? Do you mean? Oh that? no, no, no the very very end. Bit. I'm kind of into actually. Oh, really? um, apart from the stupid the final mm, bit, which is yeah, really yeah. dumb. Well, well, don't say too much. But, but no, I agree. Um, no, I agree. no, I mean the the marine biologist. Oh yes, I, okay. I know the bit you're talking yeah, about. Well, yeah, like, I... Just no, no. Sorry, no. I preferred uh, Supernova was a pretty slickly, you know, uh, soulless, stupid movie. But I preferred it to Europa Report, which I was expecting to really like. I did. I know exactly what you mean about that narrative thing. I do think they do. You know, loads of films can you can accuse them of 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 just using it because they haven't really. You know, they've got quite a boring film, so they think I know. Let's just shake it up a bit. But personally, I did quite like the way they did that, and it did. There's an element of again, I can't reveal. I don't want to get too spoilerific, but there was a certain element that gave it a slightly sucker punchy ending, which I thought was quite cool. Um, but it's it's too I hard guess, to describe without giving the, away spoilers. I think the problem is, and the problem that so many found footage movies have mm. that interestingly didn't happen with your um, found footage horror movie Creep, Creep. Um, is that the character development. Especially, well, because they're often they often appear to be ensemble pieces these days, you know. Mm, mm. And the character development is so non-existent that I just didn't care about any of the characters. And, it, and I they they had a smattering of it here, but I just don't think that they spent enough time getting to know our characters. Oh, and by the way, Embeth Davids was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I must admit, I'm 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 a fan of her, but I don't think she's always on form or she something. She was awful. She <laughs> yeah. was acting all over I know. the place. I, so I, I th- much acting. I think she was the weakest yes. thing about about this film in some ways. Because I, I mean, I, I mean, I really liked seeing Michael. I like Michael. How do you say his name? Nick Vist. Is Nike that how you Vist? say it? Nike, I, Nike Vist. I think it might be Nick Vist. I don't know. Yeah. Indiana. Yeah, um, someone writes it. And, and I really liked Shalto Copley as well. Love him, love him, love him. Love and him. Everything. So I, overall, I kind of thought the cast was pretty stellar. Mm. I mean, for me, this is still for me. It's it's a recommend, but I am. Well, I do kind of want to watch it again now because of you, what you said. Because I want to try and get to the bit that you, you particularly had a problem with it narratively. But I just enjoyed this, but a bit, but very much in a throwaway. Only watch it one. It reminded me of a play for today, almost like oh, quite yeah. a well-made play for today. Do you know what I mean? I didn't. It didn't. I know. I didn't think this is going to become one of my favourite science fiction films of the of the whatever year we're in. I just thought it was quite a simple idea, fairly well executed. Not perfectly executed. Fairly well executed. But it's for me. It's a solid recommend. So and I, I'm I in guess a sort of C plusy zone. Is would you recommend this? Or Life Force, which one? Which one gets your vote? Life Force. Okay, that was that was, that was a very simple choice. Definitely Life Force, because I suppose I'm slightly speaking to a a science fiction fan, and I think a science fiction fan who loves Alien, which a lot of people do, hmm. I think they should just watch Life Force just because it's interesting, you know, to see another another work by the writer of Alien. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? I feel like it's just fundamentally an interesting film, even though it's got serious flaws. This one, I think, is a bit more. I say, but yeah, I would choose Life Force, but yeah, I, I still enjoy the find ride. It hard to recommend one. Europa Report. Um, I might give it another watch just to see if, or I may just let you give another watch, and you can come and tell me if I, <laughs> what I got confused with the narrative, or whether. No, but I'm I remember, right. I remember thinking as I was watching it, going, "God, I'm not going to watch this again. I'm not mm. going to watch this again." But it was that thing that afterwards, once it finished, it settled into my brain in that way where I kind of thought, "Yeah, that was alright." Yeah, no, see that, so that just immediately went out of my brain as soon as I finished it. I was like, oh, it's done. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I it's funny that you should yeah, well we both agree on, on poor um Embeth. Yeah. Rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, I'm sorry you didn't like it, dude. Oh, well, I'm disappointed. You know, can't, can't have it all, but I'm going to watch. But that's yours. two disagreements in a row. That's wow, good news. Yours. I am. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going to move on to the movies that we're going to choose for, or the genre we're going to choose next time. And we've been handed a dilemma. Yes. We've had two of our listeners uh, write in with suggestions. So, Are you going to mention buses? Two buses coming along at the same time after waiting and stuff? No. No, I'm not going to nah. mention that. I'll let you do that. Uh, <laughs> So we've got uh, we've got two genre suggestions, which are. Oh, sorry, you're waiting for me to say um, dystopian films from our lovely listener Paul, and from our lovely listener. What's the other lovely listener? Called? It was Mike from Mike Jelly, the man. <laughs> we've only got two listeners. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mike and Paul. Smash. It's Mike Jelly of Smash with the Fist fame. Oh yeah, and Mike Jelly of yeah Smash with the Fist fame, as you say. Let's just repeat everything Ben says. Um, came up with gangsters. Yeah. And um, and then I uh, and then we tw- well you hate UK gangster films don't you? Well, as a general rule, as a general rule, yes. If they're good, yeah, you hate that. I you like. hate that fake London gangster yes. bullcrap that basically doesn't exist. Yes, exactly. But you know, give me a give me a bit of um, uh, uh, sexy beast any day of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Okay, so um, I asked, uh, we asked whether he thought US or UK gangsters, and he, I think he indicated a smattering of both would be yeah, good. But I'm sli- I kind of, I like the idea of dystopian films, but I feel like that's a bit close to the apocalypse and science fiction. I know films what you mean. I do done. like, I do like the reasoning behind it that we may end up with, mm. uh, with President Trump in a week's time. But yeah, exactly. Well, but yeah, a, for that reason, I'm thinking gangster ball. personally. All right. I'm thinking gangster, even though I like the idea of dystopian. And um, but I'm thinking gangster personally. Do it. Yeah. Okay, I'll put myself firmly uh, in your. I was I was trying to think of some terrible <laughs> gangster reference. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm going to. I think what I'll do is. Why don't you round give... up the usual suspects? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, well, no, I'm well, unusual suspects because the usual suspects would be movies that we've already seen, which would be a terrible idea. I think I will give us an American one, and then give us give us each an American gangster film, and then give us a UK one. Oh, one other thing though, what about sort of like boys in the hood type gangsterism? Yeah, well, those are Americans apparently. Well, but, but I mean, but are we talking that kind of gangster? Are well, we talking organised crime gangster? Could, I, I'd be quite happy to do a bit of sort of fifties, a bit of. 80s and a bit of noughties gangster if you wanted to. But oh, whatever. 50s. 50s, now you're talking. Uh, yes. Whatever you can do, find. Go, go, old go and troll your net wide, Jono. I, I will, dude. I will. Uh, as, you know, we're always open to suggestions. We've, we'll, we've got pulls stacked and racked on the back burner for dystopian movies. Any other genres you can think of, send them in. As I said, we watch anything at gmail.com, at we watch anything, or Facebook slash we watch anything you can get hold of us in so many different ways and we just love to hear from you and let us know if you uh like i said at the beginning if you've seen something you've recommended or something we haven't recommended and what you thought of that too and uh anything else you know tell us if you're bored tell us if you want to go yeah. to mars one day just, yeah. just let us know what's on your mind yeah i think it'd be particularly interesting actually i want people to watch europa europa report mm. And tell us what they thought. Are they with Camp Jono or Camp Ben? I don't think they're that camp, dude. 
<laughs> no, seriously, I want to know. Yeah. Camp John O or Camp Ben? Nice one. All right, let us know. Until yeah, next time, then, dude, we will await uh, our listeners' responses with glee. Thank you very much for downloading and slapping us on your uh, portable listening device or listening in a large room, wherever you do it. We will be with you again very shortly. And we're going to be talking gangster. Yes, we are, people. Yes. Peace out. See you next time. Bye.